And here we go. Ah, good afternoon, everyone. My sincere apologies. I, I was in a dino session and I completely lost track of time. I was that focused on what I was doing and I forgot. But uh, I'm here now, so hopefully you guys are not too vexed with me. But good afternoon indeed. And for those of you on YouTube, thank you so much for allowing me to use this opportunity as an archiving moment to provide all this great stuff on YouTube. And for those of you listening to me on podcast networks, whether you're using the loo, working out, walking your dog, in the gym, in the kitchen, laying down, I appreciate you indeed. Hello, Uparse24. Good afternoon. How are you? LW03 waves to you as well. Gila, good seeing you. Jorge Delgado, good afternoon. Good afternoon. B West, hello, sir. Hope all is well. And thank you so much for being patient. I was on a dyno with this Integra that was kicking my butt. <laughs> kicking my butt because it was posing a, a few challenges, but we've been able to overcome them little by little. My friend's here with me helping me do that, and it's, it's getting better and better and better each time. So I am very pleased. Hopefully everything is well with all of you guys. Good afternoon, Torque SCX, SXC, I should say. Good afternoon, R35, I'm great. Velo City Motorsport says, hi, love your page. Barely, started my, barely starting your inspiration. Can you help me grow my page? Depends what you need, sir. Hello, Sid Photos, Broken Heart. Good afternoon. Wow, great people. Thank you so much. How long did it take to set up? <laughs> Not too long. <laughs> like seconds. I was like, boom, 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 and we're good to go. Hello, 944 Kid. Thank you for joining. Visions by ODB. Long time no speak. Hello, Daniel. H2B, good afternoon as well. Thank you so much for all the support, guys. Kevin, you're late. I'm tardy as well. I had an Integra on the dyno. Kick my butt. <laughs> but now it's good to go. So we're going to do everything almost all over again, which is pretty crazy. Yo, Fred Gomez. Hello, how are you? Enlightened One joined. Thank you so much for joining as well. Appreciate that. Appreciate you indeed. And I promised today to talk about the things it takes. Hello, back to you, EJ4. Shout out to the Velo City Motorsports. Greetings. I promised to talk to you today about your vehicle, your projects, and how to keep them maintained and successful. As Enlightened One says, do whatever I want to an AP1. Ah, it's a dangerous task to ask of. Rohan Cook. Greetings. The Porsche in the back, though, yeah, that's actually Hedy's 911. So you see that GT2 engine just came out? That means something very exciting is about to go in. Hint, 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 what's in this? Hint, hint, hint. It's pretty exciting. Starting an SR4 build to 800 horsepower. Would love some guidance. Velocity, I have the direction and parts for you. And that's also what I want to talk about today, is the key thing to do with any project is to begin with the end in mind. And I mean that. It may be very enticing to cut corners and do things that are cost-effective or cheap, but in the long run, it bites you in the butt. I've talked about people who use Vitara pistons. I've talked about opportunities where people use ECUs that are not ideal. I've talked about people who try to use freeware for their setups or eBay parts. It doesn't work out. Super, HW2 Headers, big fan from the UK. Thank you so much. I appreciate the kind words, Makah. Let's talk about the EV and how you got to work with AEM, says the King the Six. Well, let's talk about that as well, by all means indeed. And I talked a lot about that in a video that's on YouTube. So if you haven't seen that, please do. Hello, Dealing, by all means. Um, it's always good to see you. D-Series, powerful life. Thank you so much. However, I was talking about maintenance. So 
One thing begins with the end of mind. You know what they say, penny wise, pound foolish? You're trying to sell a penny, and then now you you know, save a penny, and now you spend a pound to repair the damage. That goes significantly with our parts. You know, there's a popular saying that we have here in the shop where they say, cheap, fast, reliable, choose two. So you can make a car cheap and fast, and it won't be reliable. You can make a car fast and reliable, and it won't be cheap. Or you can make something reliable and cheap, and it definitely won't be fast. So you can only choose two. So that being said, now is the time to have some fun and really plan your project well. Use an engine management solution that is very stable. As you guys know, AM Infinity is my choice. Choose parts that are ideal. I love using Tron pistons for my, for my builds, whether it's Porsches, Hondas, Hyundais, it doesn't matter. Find a tuner that is up to snuff, that's someone that's very reputable, to be able to make sure that the tuning is done very key. And please use the ideal lifeblood of your engine. And you guys know what I'm talking about. Especially for our high revving overhead cam engines, I don't use anything with less than 1,700 parts per million of zinc, especially one that does not disassociate from the base compound easily to hurt your catalyst. And that being said, I use Purell. So that being said, that's something that you need to do. The blood of your engine is your oil and use good stuff. Um, Zanny's dad says, I have an 07, or 17, I should say. SS Camaro manual, 300 miles, clutch is finally dead. What clutch do you recommend? Action. So that car right there, action clutch. The one right here, action clutch. Right there, action clutch. Action in that, twin disc. They have really good stuff. And they stand by their stuff. If you have a hard time getting it, just send me a DM and I'll, I'll make it happen for you. But they can knock it out for you very quickly. I, just, I think Hedy just picked up maybe 13 clutches for Supers just a moment ago. Would you build a Subaru SVX sleeper? You know what? I love SVXs, not only because of the cool side window, but it comes with an H6, which is very, very appealing to me. That's why I love the Porsche Flat 6s, you know, like that engine right there. That's a Metzger GT2 engine there. So I love that stuff. I love flat sixes. And they're very balanced and have a musical noise, as far as I'm concerned. But the challenge is, for me to be able to build a very good project with an OEM background, I need the OEM's help. And since I don't have a relationship with Subaru yet, you cannot expect to see any projects of that nature from me quite yet. Hello, Hako Dave. Good seeing you. What's the best oil for racing AP1? I've been using oil. I was using an oil as pure better you think. Yes, I do. Absolutely. So my recommendation is Purell. And that's what I use on AP1s and AP2s. And depending on your application, you can use either the 5W30 or 10W40. The great thing about that, it protects your valve train very nicely because of the zinc and keeps your VTEC passages very clean. It is an aerospace-based oil. The guys I met years ago come from an aerospace background. They sell a lot to the U.S. government and brought the same technology for you and I to use. So by all means, that's the one to go. And if my memory serves me correctly, they have a cool sponsorship going on. So hit up Purell here on Instagram, DM them and say, hey, BC told me about this cool sponsorship. How do I get part of it? It doesn't help me because I sell Purell, but by all means, they can help you out. I am here to assist. Hello, Danger Doyle. Good afternoon. How are you? Marlon, good seeing you. I missed you recently. You know, I was at Vegas out for CES. I thought you'd be out there, you know? We're supposed to say, can you explain flat six? Yes, it's just as the name implies, an engine that has the cylinders flat. What does that mean? You know how Upar say you have your inline four and it has four cylinders sticking upwards? Think of the cylinders pointing out sideways. Instead of cylinders pointing up to north, think of it pointing east and west. And because those engines are flat six, and because the engines are opposed, three cylinders on one side and three cylinders on the other side, 
they are very balanced. You don't see those fifth wave harmonics that we tend to see in inline fours. So that being said, I love them. You notice that those engines typically, like that one right there, doesn't have any dampers to absorb any destructive harmonics. There's no damper on that engine. It's pretty awesome, you know? Yes, I'm talking about Pirot. Akamed, absolutely. El Centro's in the house. Courtesy of Yoshi Bill, good seeing you. Jim Genghis Khan, good seeing you. Does your new electric car retain the factory Porsche gearbox? Mr. Freak, no, it doesn't. So it's right here next to me. I'm going to turn the camera right here so you can see it. So there it is. No, it does not. So I have a shifter there, but that shifter actually actuates the controller, which has full control over the motor and combined transaxle that's in the rear of the vehicle. So I made it very simple to drive. To go forward, you push forward. To reverse, you pull back and reverse, and that's it. Because what I notice is that many people who are doing conversions are really engineers who are not really enthusiasts. So they put together these great projects and they do these conversions, but it's very cumbersome, for lack of a better phrase, a word. And, you know, take a look online. Do like EV conversions and you see people, when they turn on, they put switches and another switch and another switch and another switch and another switch. That's kind of annoying. <laughs> this vehicle, and I put a video up very nicely on YouTube, so if you have a chance, go to the Beast Mode YouTube page. And you'll see the pretty cool video I put up uh, driving this car around the complex, and it sounds so melodic. It's literally like a regular car. You go put the key in ignition, turn it on, and press on the brake, push forward, and car goes forward. Pull back, goes backwards. It's like something enthusiasts want, just really cool. And if you try, if you go past eight miles an hour and try and hit it in reverse, it won't go in reverse. It stays in gear, which is pretty cool. Kilowatt hours? Well, here's the thing. The battery system is 32 kilowatt hours. The output of the engine is 400 and, I believe it's 437 kilowatts, which is pretty cool. So about 636 horsepower, 475 kilowatts, there you go, 475 kilowatts, you know? I have HPD vents, so you see oil temperatures reaching 260, thinking of getting an oil cooler, any recommendations or tips on installs? Yes, Matt. First of all, before you go crazy on oil coolers, I don't know what oil you're using, and they're all not created equally. I would highly advise you to upgrade a Purell because of how it removes heat from the engine. You will see anywhere from a 10 to 20 degrees Fahrenheit reduction in temps. So try that. If you do end up going with an oil cooler when that is not adequate, have it as short as possible so where the lines don't, I don't know what kind of car you have, but you want to have it where your lines are short so you don't have that significant pressure drop by having long lines. And you definitely want to have the heat exchange occur in a path of good air. So you can duck sometimes. If it's a front engine, it's easier to put it in the front area um, near the radiator system. If it's, you have a mid-engine, you can put it in one of the, you can make some ducting. If it's the rear, it's even easier. There's so much you can do. Hello, Turbo 86C. Good seeing you. Dealing says BCV is the future. Amen. EV Moto. <laughs> Hello, Q, what did you do? Good seeing you, thank you for the kind words. Alan, three, six, five, seven, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. I was just talking about earlier what to do in your project cars and how it makes sense to choose proper parts. Choose proper forged pistons because those cast ones tend to disintegrate. Choose proper rods because when you break a rod bolt, it wrecks half of the entire engine. Sleeve your block when ideal because if you don't and you fracture a sleeve, it can wreak havoc on your whole project. Get proper turbos, because you know what happens if a turbo impeller breaks from a cheap turbo? It goes in the intake track and destroys your entire engine. So, 
it's worth saving up and getting parts properly. And when all said and done, get a proper engine management solution, find a proper tuner, and then fill the engine with good oil, with at least 1,700 parts per million of zinc. Doesn't the pin ding to my head? No, it actually doesn't. It's a, as you see, I may have it, as you see right there, I have the hat where the, this pin is behind the, right there, it's behind the little <laughs> protection, so it doesn't, it doesn't ding to my head at all. Is it possible to tune the power curve on an EV system? Fox Design Paul, that's a smashing question. That's exactly what the controller does. It gives you the capability of having a pseudo traction control, capability of influencing the amount of power or torque that's being exhibited through the drivetrain at any RPM or any vehicle speed. You can even have it mimic a petrol engine where the torque starts off low, goes to a peak, and falls off again. Yes, you do have the capability. EV tuning gives a wide range of opportunities. Now, here's what's even crazier with EV tuning. You have the capability with EV setups to even, how should I say, um, if you have individual wheel speeds, you can crab walk the car, you can spin the car around. It's, control is it's so key. The, the tuning capability is just absolutely bonkers compared to petrol engines. And because of the packaging, it creates a renaissance for tuners, or I say tuners, a renaissance for designers. No longer do you have to be worried about hood clearances and the hood heights, and you can do wonderful things nowadays, which I'm very excited about, you know? Are you making an episode with the Hoonigans? I miss Nads. <laughs> Genius, thank you so much. So um, I'm going to hang out with the Hoonigan guys this Friday. We're going to cover the Velocity N we put together, which is pretty cool. But yes, I think we're going to get this on very soon. But we have a lot of plans for this, by all means, you know? Ceramic coatings or engine parts, go or go, no go. Nico 205DK, it's a big, big advantage. Now, here is my first-hand experimentation and results based upon coating the dome of a piston and a skirt. 4%. I mean it. 4% horsepower and torque all across the board with an engine that's as is, and I didn't do separate engines, the same engine, same setup, same tuner, same dyno, uncoated, naturally aspirated, turbo even is nicer, naturally aspirated, run it, take the pistons out, another set of pistons that are coated, 4%. And I did a ceramic barrier coating on the dome and the very beautiful molly coating on the skirt. So that's good. How did you get good at what you do? School or experience on your own? Velo, City, Motorsports, both. So, even today, I'm still learning today. There's some stuff that I'm experimenting with a car that's on the dyno over there that I'm still learning. So, I came to the United States to study engineering. I did chemical engineering, so that gave me a very good basis in everything scientific. And gave me also the mindset to be able to, when experimenting, have one variable, which is very important. Also, I took a chemical engineering lab which was, without going into deep detail, a class where you're thrown into a project with no information on the machine and no information on the unknown, and you're told to use that machine to find out what an unknown consists of. And by doing that, you had to figure things out, experiment, read. So that makes me not afraid to experiment and try different things, even today on automotive culture. And then above and beyond that, experimentation, having the ability to play with things myself. I tuned and beat up on my car and blew up a lot of engines myself before I even opened up to the public. Hence, my knowledge is based upon my experience mostly. So I hope that works. That's good. Yes, Velociraptor. We're going to do some track testing very soon. 
Joker Jihad is asking, what's the EV portion right here, spec? Well, let me break that down to you. Let's see, it has a 475 kilowatt electric motor with an integrated, um, actually, transaxle. Uh, the setup is an AC setup, three phase, which is pretty nice. The batteries, I have 12 LG Chem batteries, um, of course, lithium ion, six in the rear, six in the front for some good balance. Those batteries um, give me a total of 32 kilowatt hours. I have a bespoke controller as well that allows me to control everything with it. I have an AM dash that allows me the ability to control, to look at all parameters involved. Um, I, assume, I assume you're interested in the proportion spec, but if you care about the, the, the rest of the stuff, we have a true Kramer body. We have an interior done by SOS. We do the fabrication in-house as well with the roll cage and so on and so forth. We have Momo steering wheel and seats, KW suspension, iBox sway bars, Brixton forged wheels, Toyota RR tires or DOT approved slicks. Um, I do have a race pack that I use as a power distribution module to control everything. Um, I have multiple components in the rear, a contactor, some stuff from EV West I was able to purchase and be able to incorporate in that as well. Um, it's really cool stuff. And the fastest car I've ever had or driven in my life. Ant RL3, good seeing you. MJ Photograph, happy belated birthday. Is it possible to reduce compression with head spacers or thicker head gaskets and make reliable power? Yes, it is. The key thing is having a gasket that's in, that gives good integrity. And mind you, whenever you raise the deck, either via gasket or, 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 or a spacer, your cam timing completely goes different. It goes advanced for the intake and exhaust. So you definitely have to use a cam gear to optimize that. Or if you have the ability to play around with adjustable cam gears that are hydraulic, you know, like how you have VVTI, variable cam timing, you can definitely use the ECU to program that in, which is pretty nice, you know? What percentage of surgery you have versus going to someone like EV West? So the King Desist, I went to quite a few things. So what are some of the things that I sourced? Pretty much everything else. Um, what are some of the things that I would say from a percentage-wise, maybe 20% of the stuff, 15 to 20% was from EV. And then we sourced some things locally ourselves, made some things ourselves as well. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, Kevin says scary. It is scary. Thinking of, retro, thinking of BB retrofitting my Honda Fit, pulse chamber exhaust on my 92 Civic sedan. Pros and cons with a GSR 2.5 piping. Um, the only thing is that the pulse chamber itself, that little tube you see coming out, was specifically designed for the displacement and RPM that the Fit sees. I would say for an engine that's a 2.5 liter, oh, I'm sorry, 2.5 piping with a GSR, which is a 1.8, that length may be slightly shorter, you know? Jim Gingas can ask a good question. What's your biggest failure and how did you overcome it? That's a fantastic question. I would say my largest failure in life, large, was getting that Odyssey 100% for SEMA for American Honda in 2013. I had seven weeks to present a completed car to SEMA. And that was the biggest challenge I ever experienced. I got sick, bleeding on my nose, building that car. And I overcame it by tackling the items that were the most important, making sure that it was together, making sure that we got the peak power that we needed, ignoring some other things like partial throttle. So it was like bucking getting into the, in the place. And what I learned from that is to give myself ample time 
to build a setup. And above and beyond that, <clears throat> there's another Porsche that just drove up here. Give myself ample time to be able to build a setup, and if a manufacturer comes to me with a timeline that's not very appealing, to not accept it. It's just not accept it. Then to put together a project that wasn't 100% when I delivered it. And that project right there, yes, we got it 100% after the show, but it was very, very challenging to make it happen. Hey, BC, I would like to ask you what improvements lost motion assemblies in a valve train and engine. What improvement lost motion assembly in an... I don't quite understand your question. Are you asking what it does? Or with lost motion assemblies in Hondas, what has improved over time? You know? Um, Kevin says my biggest... Uh, should be letting my insight rot. Kevin, you of all people know that I have so much going on here, which is absolutely bananas. It's very challenging indeed. <laughs> B versus K series, says Antonio. So are you talking about lost motion assemblies in both, or are you talking about how the engines compare to each other? You should pull out a Subaru swap Porsche. Ultimate JDM tuners, I'm not sure I'd ever do that. I'm not a huge advocate of mixing and matching marquees of engines and chassis. And the Subaru engine, the EJ engine is not one that I particularly find as extremely smashing, if that makes sense. Um, how would you compare your EV Porsche to the Atom you recently tuned in terms of performance. I mean, I recall you saying the Atom was scary quick. Yes, so Chineme, um, I didn't drive the area Atom at all. I just know that for what the tire size it had versus the power that it put out, how wonderfully it, it, it just revved on the dyno, that thing was just a monster. And it weighed only, what, barely 14, maybe 1,600 pounds. So it's, it's amazing, but you cannot compare the torque of an electric vehicle, especially the fact that you can have 100% efficiency in that torque realm at one RPM. And I couldn't do that with petrol engine. The EV would still destroy the area atom, this would. Now imagine the ultimate would be the power plant in this Porsche in that area atom. That would be it. That would be absolutely fantastic, you know? Matt K.E. is asking a great question. He said, D16, Z6 turbo build, Vitar pistons or forged pistons? Matt, I will, I mean, I'll try not to put on my do not judge me hat, but by far forged. Vitar pistons are cost effective out the gate, but they do shatter. They are cast pistons, and most Vitar pistons that are commercially available are not even the original Suzuki pistons, they're aftermarket ones. And they do break. Not, it's a matter of will, it's when. And when it goes out, it takes out your head, your turbo, it destroys a lot. I prefer, prefer the pistons from Trom. Those guys have over 30 years of combined experience in manufacturing design of pistons. That's what I use in all my Porsches and Hondas and Hyundais. The difference between a mid-200 piston set and one that costs 500, trust me, it is much better peace of mind and much better reliability. I wouldn't do anything else, you know? Hello, Angry Toaster, how are you? Good seeing you. Hello, Porter. <laughs> One of my good friends just came in here. Oh, the team, they're up front. Hedy's up there, everyone's okay. up front. Okay. Um, how did you start your passion? I don't have much money, but have a big vision in the motorsports industry. Starting an SRT4 project, any advice? Yes, Velo City Motorsports. Here's the thing. I know where you're coming from, because I lived it for many years. The reason why I honed my teeth in D-Series performance, and we, you see us talking about D-Series Hondas a lot, is because I couldn't afford as a student to do anything. But for me to get MSD ignition, which I wanted a digital six, or was it six AL, six AL at the time, 
and it was $250, I saved up for four months to get that one ignition system because I knew that's what I needed to be successful. So what does it mean? You are in the best situation in the world today to be able to have side money to do wonderful things that I couldn't do when I was in college. For example, you know back in the day when I was in university, the only time I had to work was until 5 p.m. And after that, I couldn't do anything. We didn't have access to the internet where you can sell things on OfferUp or sell things on eBay or put it on Craigslist and be able to make extra money. There are things you may have around you that may be viable to other people. You can go to garage sales, pick up stuff and flip. There's so many things you can do. You can install clutches in people's cars to make extra money. You have the capability of doing things on the side to make great money, to be able to buy parts that are ideal for your project and to buy good parts that can make your project enjoyable. Then when it comes to motorsports, you don't have to start a facility. You can do what I did. Dedicate some of your time interning at a shop of your choice. There are many shops like mine that exist around the country, around the world, where you can actually ask them, bug them to please, I will work for free. I just want to be able to help. And you can use the opportunity to get experience. Offer yourself the opportunity. And I guarantee you, if you end up being a great worker there, they will bring you on board. They will hire you in a moment. So that's a great way for you to be able to get experience. Another great way with hustling on the side to be able to get extra money, to be able to allow you to be successful in the passion that you enjoy and that you love. Better than I could. I had to save up and do what I had to do. But you have the opportunity to do even better. You are in a golden age nowadays. Take full advantage of it. Did you know you can buy an Atom with a 500 horsepower V8? Yes, I do. I also know that that 500, V8, um, 500 horsepower V8 is a lot more in weight than what you would see with an inline four that makes similar horsepower. Mind you, that Aero Atom made a little bit over 400 to the wheels. That's over 500 crank in sub-1600 pound car. Yes, I did. Which of your cars is your daily? So it depends. This week, I've been driving a lot of my Dodge 3500 truck. I used to drive my Ionic, Hyundai Ionic quite a bit, but I've been driving the Veloster N, which I'll be driving today and tomorrow and Friday. So I guess I've been driving a lot of the Veloster N. It's a 2020 Hyundai Veloster N, which is Honda's response to the Type R. I think the Atom would hook faster. Well, he had really small tires, so I don't, he already spins first, second. I'm not sure, I'm not sure, Kevin. What engine would you recommend for a Datsun Sunny truck? I was thinking for a GE, but keep Nissan would be better. Love your work, BC. Thank you so much. So I've seen a lot of trucks come here, Datsun trucks come here, with SR20 engines in them, which is pretty cool. But you know what the sick one is? If you're going to go to another marquee, you know what a great engine would be to put in there? S2000. AP1 or AP2 engine. You cannot go wrong with that. That is an amazing swap. But if you want to stay with the Datsun family, you have the chance of being able to do some surgery and going with an inline six from the RB. You can do an RB25, RB26. Or if you want something much more compact, SR20 DET is a good choice as well. But I would recommend, personally, AP1 or AP2 S2000 engine. What would you recommend uh, part-wise to build a 1JZ VVTi 450 horsepower and rev to 11,000? Would you tune for me? So, Tugay, you know what uh, nickname that some people have for RPM? Ruins people's motors. <laughs> 11,000 RPM sounds great, but it's really hard on parts. I have an insight here that I rev to 10.6, and that is not something I drive often. So, can you do it? Here's what you have to do if you want to get a 1JZ VVTi. First, the VVTi assembly is not very happy at such a high RPM. 
The other purchases you see, they're not very generous uh, for such an assembly, so it could be a bit of a challenge. Also, your valve train mass has to be reduced significantly, so be prepared to do a lot of lightning. Titanium valves, titanium retainers, valve springs that allow you to rev that high. The question is, why would you want to take the 11,000 RPMs? Because most of your peers stop at 7,400, 7,800. Why 11,000? Let's talk about that, and maybe I can point you in a better direction. 3.4 final drive versus 4.4 for turbo B18. Sir, final drive, it depends on what size tire you're going to run. So let's say all things being equal. Let's say you're running the very ubiquitous, let's say, 23.5, 24-inch tire. In that case, a 4.0 would be ideal. That would be an ideal one. But what if you're running a tire that's even smaller? Then you may go 3.0. What if you're going for half mile, high mileage, high RPM, high mile setup? 3.4 would be good. Give me some more details on what you're trying to do, and I'll point you in the right direction. But the 4.0 is a happy medium. I have customers coming here with 4.2s. I did a 4.7, but I end up reducing mine to in between what you have. I have a 3.8 in my wagon now, final drive, and that's a very happy medium. But if I had to choose between 3.4 and 4.0, 4.0 would be good on a boosted setup. 3.4 if the tire size is not ideal or you're trying to really shoot for some high mile, half mile, full mile setups. Wait for the judge, don't judge me. Ah, oh, I got that. I'm going to put it up soon. <laughs> have I seen the Ford vs. Ferrari movie? I have not. I don't have time for myself. Even now I'm so tired. I should really relax, but I don't. I don't. Um... Someone selling BCK20 rods. Didn't know you made rods. Well, I do have our own spec rods, which I don't manufacture myself. I have a partner that manufactures for us. But send me a link. Let me make sure that that's something that's uh, the original ones and not some limitation ones. Have you ever had your hands on a D16A8? Looks like a pre B-series engine. Yes, the A8, believe it or not, is very similar to the twin cam ZC, or better yet, what you may know in the United States as a D16A1. It's the 86 to 89 first gen Integra. So yes, it is. The engine is very similar to the D-Series. The rods are the same length. The bores are very similar. The crank can be interchangeable. The rods are a little bit beefier, which is pretty nice. But the valve train has a very strange, 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 strange limitation. The head is really compressed to allow for very good head clearance. And hence, the rocker assembly is one with the cam sit on so you can do crazy without spitting out a rocker. You're very limited in what you can do with duration and lift. And that's one thing that I don't like about that engine. But apart from that, it's twin cam, is great, it's awesome, flows decent, and has a pretty stout block. And the gearbox is the strongest D-series gearbox I've ever seen. I have one up there, I have one right next to my car. I actually use that A8, A1 gearbox for my own drag car, and that thing is pretty robust. It has a, almost like a handcuff between gear four and five. It's like a, part of the assembly itself, the housing, bell housing, is like a handcuff that keeps the gears from spreading, so you don't tend to shear them off easily, and the, the gear teeth are very stubby, so they lend themselves to a lot of good power. I saw the one RWB car has the engine made by you. Do you work close with Nakai-san? Um, yes, so Nakai and I, we did uh, a very nice event where, not this recent one, but the previous Need for Speed video game has both of us in it, so we spent some time in the UK filming that. We've done five RWBs together. So there are actually five RWBC motos. So weird, we talked about that today with Paul and his good friend that came by. So yes, we've done some good stuff together. Good guy. Hello, Ari, miss you. Hello, Asa, good seeing you. Luisito, greetings. When is the Sigma Wagon actually push 1,000 BHP when I have a chance? Guys, I have 
My projects are last. Customers are first. I have one, two, three, four, five, six cars. Oh, how can I forget to see right here? Seven cars that I have to get out with my team. I, I'm last, so I don't even know when I have a chance. Maybe end of the quarter. And we had a very interesting television show hit us up recently that I need to do some stuff with, so it's going to take even more of my time. My stuff is last. I'm last. Forgive me. I wish I could just do nothing but work on my own cars. <laughs> and Kevin, you know this, but I, I can't. I'm, I'm really behind, guys. I'm so sorry. Tu parles français? No, no, I don't speak French. Not yet. <laughs> I did take some French class lessons in primary school, but that's about it. Am I going to DRT in South Florida next month? I want to. I think it's like the first or second week of, of February, but I have a conflict then, so I don't think I'll be able to make DRT. I should plan better for next year. Love the same wagon. Sorry, great inspiration. Thank you so much. Yep. S2000 are great swaps. My favorite engine? Favorite in the world. Favorite engine. You know what? I really like the M96 engines. People tend to give them a hard time, the M96 Porsche engines. But the one that I'm most impressed about, I, I really mean this. It's kind of a tie between the Cosworth V6 that Cosworth derived V6 that's in the new NSX and also what Hyundai did for the 3.0 Genesis, that Lambda 3.8 engine with the six-bolt mains. That thing is awesome. It's really good, you know? If I were to do an, another EV project, what parts would you start sourcing other than the LG batteries? Um, it would be a controller that can allow me to do even more. So the AEM controllers that are coming out, that would be another part that I would source. Um, the, I guess, that would be the main one, controller. That's really the brains of everything. That's what I would source more. And probably, in bulk, some triple O wiring. <laughs> That's what I would do, because those things could then add up. And um, I'm looking around for some pretty good level two chargers, too. I got one from the guys from uh, uh, Charge in Arizona. They're pretty good. But, um, huh, yeah. Hello, Davis. What shooter? Good seeing you. 0.58 turbine housing. Too small for K20? 60 millimeter turbo? Not too small. It depends on what your goals are. So if you want good bottom end, if it's something you're driving around the street and you're a nice torque monster, that's good. If you plan on doing some top end drag racing and you're more concerned about high RPM power, you may want to go to a 6.4 or even, an, even larger, 81 even, you know. But a 5.8 will be a nice quick spool. That thing would be awesome. Do you like VQ35s? They're cool engines. Thank you so much, Octane JPEG. Thank you. E92 William says his BMW doesn't have a throttle body. Use adjustable valve lift to idle and accelerate. What advantage of this setup versus a set valve lift at throttle plate? So E92, what you're referring to is very, something very similar to what Dodge had in some of the early Fiats. Sorry, there's a, there's a car going by here. Very noisy truck. Sorry. Okay, it's gone. So... There are engines that FCA actually explored with that, and the beauty of that is immediate throttle response and the ability to be able to have a car that, you know how Hondas have VTEC and it's like these switching cams out? Well, imagine an engine that has infinite variable cams for lift and duration. So that gives you that capability. And what does that translate to? 
great power, and when needed, amazing fuel economy. It's really great. The only thing is that those pneumatic valves or those assemblies that actuate the valves don't, based upon my experience, have the significant life that you may see with valve-based engines in a single throttle body. Looking to getting a new car, says Benny S2K, somewhat a dated driver. R32, R33, GTS 2.5, big cost difference. What are your opinions? Do you have good taste. Those are very good, but R33, you can go back with that. That's a good, cool car. I wonder where you're looking. Even in California, it gets kind of challenging to register those here, but you can't go wrong with R33. The GTS is cool, 2.5T, but the R33, it's really iconic, and I love those. They're pretty nice. Hello, Brad Design. Brad Designs, good seeing you. Best upgrade for a 930 Turbo. Best very first upgrade, exhaust. Let that thing breathe. They need to. Exhaust for a 930 wakes that thing up. Then, if your budget allows you, the next biggest upgrade is to upgrade to sequential fuel injection. That's a pretty hefty investment, but way worthwhile. Then after that, the third investment should be a turbo upgrade, and you'll be good. You don't even have to touch the engine if your engine's in good health. Do you need to run an extra wide band on a K-series when using AM Infinity? I have the fail-safe wide band. So, here's the thing. If you already have the fail-safe wide band and you want to visualize your air fires at all times, you have to leave that in because the AM Infinity needs a dedicated wide band to do its job for closed loop. And if you already do have the wide band that's maybe a newer fail-safe, maybe the X-series one, it has a different plug from what the Infinity requires. So, when you get an Infinity 506 or 508, and you get a harness that's akin for your project, either bespoke or a jumper. It has a wideband output already, so I typically get a wideband extension and connect the LSU 4.2 that's ideal for that, which you may or may not have. Now, here's what you could do that's even better. If I were in your shoes, I would sell your fail-safe wideband, put it to bay, sell it, put it on eBay, put it on OfferUp, get rid of it, get your Infinity, get the wideband, and then get this cool gauge that AM has, which is like a it's like a can-based serial gauge. Now this can-based serial gauge allows, it's pretty flat, very nice. I have it in that Porsche right there. I have it in my blue Porsche up front. It's really, really cool. I have a, quite a few customers have it who have Sanarails. I'll put that up very soon. And it connects to your Infinity via can. And what it does, it, it gives you everything you need to see that your failsafe provides you and more. Every parameter the ECU sees, you can see through that gauge. And you can scroll and change different parameters. You can see all your pressure if you have it connected air fuel ratios, oil temp, if you have that connected, water temp, TPS, ethanol content if you have flex fuel. There's so many cool things you can do there, which is amazing. So that being said, that's what I would go. That's what I would do. Hello, David Sanjeev, good seeing you. Do you work on classic motorcars? Of course, if it moves and drives, I love it. I work on that. We have domestics coming here. I think if you look at my feed not too long ago, I posted a Ford GT that came here as well to get tuned. I'm all about it. I love cars. SEMA Crunch, yes, it's coming, Paul. I'd like to work even closer with you this year. We need to define my car, says Sal. Sal, I'm telling you, it is intoxicating. I was a diehard anti-EV guy. Diehard. I'm about petrol, the smell, the sound, the vibration, shooting flames, anti-lag. I was all about it. But after building this and driving it, I'm hooked. It is... Don't drink the Kool-Aid, Sal, because once you do, you can't go back. It's like... Red pill, blue pill, and I took the red pill, and I'm in trouble. <laughs> it's great, though. I still appreciate petrol engines, and I think the combination of the two is absolutely fantastic, but EV has me hooked. It's really great, you know? 
RBO Jay-Z to Jay-Z. Really, it's just, I can't, that's, that's, that's my thing, JG. AM versus Motec, it depends which one. But net-net, if you look at the very common M series versus the Infinity, let's say the smaller boxes, the AM has a much faster processor, which is amazing, 400 MIPS versus less than 400. So that means that when you're doing fail-safes, it does it very quickly, very accurately. Plus, one thing I love about AM so much, it offers me all the features of the Motec without the cost because I don't have to pay for upgrades. I don't have to pay for opening up closed loop feedback for O2 sensing. I don't have to pay for not sensing for individual sender. I don't have to pay for um, uh, fuel trims. I don't have to pay for um, options for flex fuel. I don't have to pay for uh, uh, boost control based upon air temp. I don't have to pay for boost control based upon vehicle speed or gear. Or Everything's open. It's open for you. It's amazing. I love Infinity's. I have it on. I put it on everything. I'll put it on a bicycle if I could. It's great. Any exciting upcoming projects? Yes. See this 935? I love this thing. So it's my goal to build a, an all-wheel drive EV. I'm thinking about doing something very crazy with that. See, that already has the engine and gearbox pulled out, so something really crazy with that. Um, I'm doing something really special with Hyundai, but I can't talk about it. We're still in talks with Acura, so maybe I'll do something very exciting this year as well. I need your exhaust from my 84911. Slut nose, Cabriolet wannabe, sponsor me. Sponsor you, Matt Tile. Brian, write to me. Um, it's very expensive for me to make those exhaust systems, so maybe I can help you out, but write to me. I'm here to help. Just send me a DM here. K20 with RBC or ITBs in a CRX. Oh, you cannot go bad with RP. Dude, RBC is cool. I love them with turbo setups. I love them with guys who just want mild setups or even supercharger systems, even boost. But if you stick NA, ITB, go with Kinsler's. You, it looks, and the sound alone, above and beyond the power, the sound alone, it makes more power than RBC, but the sound alone will have you going bananas. It's amazing. SA Lima says I should build an S2K. I really should, but I did. <laughs> so years ago, I had a blue S2K at the old shop about four years ago. And as I was building it, a customer came and offered me, he offered me a pretty penny just to buy it, and I had to take it. <laughs> so I did. But I, I live vicariously through my clients. I have a lot of customers with AP1s and AP2s, and I help them out, so it works out. AP, you know, APs are really fun cars. The shifter in S2000 is the best shifter ever. It's absolutely amazing. Well, guys, my time is up. I have to depart and continue on the dyno working. It's going to be a big, pretty crazy day, but I appreciate all of you joining me this afternoon and being part of this wonderful Tech Tuesday. Greetings from Argentina as well. I'm so glad to see you join us today, but by all means, this will be up here for 24 hours on Instagram. i also put it up on YouTube very soon. If you haven't joined the BCML YouTube feed, go up there, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so I can chime you every time I post something new. And for those of you who want to also listen to this on podcast, you can reach me on Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, everywhere. And your favorite podcasting networks on there. All right, guys. Thank you so much. See you next week. Stay tuned. Take care. Cheers.